I think the big thing for me and what I've learned in the last, you know, since I've been with my agency is that marketing can't just be on its own and sales can't be on its own and human resources can't be on its own. It's kind of has to be this like full ball of wax of like, they all have to kind of align. This is from paint to purpose, a podcast by FCP services where we believe people drive growth, exploring topics related to company culture, leadership, and construction industry insights. Now your host. Welcome everybody. Today we have Matt Freilich. Hi, Matt. How are you? Hi, I'm excellent. How are you? (laughs) Good, good. Um, So um, I know that you're a content creator. Um, Can you give us a little more about what that means and how you decided to go um, that path in your career? Yeah, so I'm a content marketing specialist at a small marketing agency in Green Bay, Wisconsin. It's called Bear Performance Marketing. Um, even before that, I was kind of always screwing out on my own, whether it was you know, making Facebook pages back in college for like a radio show I had, sports radio show, or you know, using my Twitter platform to leverage some podcasts and Packers content I do now. Always kind of having an interest in like everyone's addicted to their phones. How can you put up more content that way and get people's attention? But you know, a lot of people like, especially in the podcast world, I'm sure, you know, like you can record a podcast and put it up, but you kind of have to market it a little bit. And I've noticed you do that with your videos and stuff on LinkedIn and et cetera. So that's, that's huge. Um, but then after a while, like I was working jobs, I didn't really, really like. So I always had my eye to getting into a career that I could at least use these in the same capacity. Um, you know, not tweeting about the Packers, that would be the ultimate goal if I got to get paid a salary to do that. But being able to tweet or make uh, social media content for clients that need that, that maybe don't have the knowledge of that, maybe have someone on their team that is just, you know, their, their director of marketing or whatever you want to call that name. And they frankly just don't either have the time or the resources to do that. They might be really, really good at like Google advertising or copy editing or, you know, email campaign or website design, whatever, but like they can't do everything. And that's kind of where our, uh, our agency comes into play and um, I get to create some of that content for them. What are some um, examples of content you've created for organizations? Um... Sure. So we, so my primary, um, position entails me creating monthly calendars for clients, whether it's they have one post a week just out on Facebook, or they have multiple channels, Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, and we're doing five posts a week. And we're also, you know, obviously, even for the people that have the one post, we're engaging anyone that's commenting, you know, forwarding them an email address that they need to maybe ask some questions or ideally a contact form to a website where they can learn a little bit more about the the, the client they're asking about and reach out that way. Cause that's kind of the best way to do it. There's so many like spider, there's so many like legs to the spider web that you can just give them, you know, give them a piece of information. Cause hopefully either the company or your agency, our agency has created enough um, content out there that it makes it super, super simple. You don't have to communicate that via a Facebook message or a DM on uh, Instagram. You can just send them a link, little context. If you have any questions, reach out. And normally that's pretty simple. So all in all, I create social media content and it kind of depends as yeah, I would say that's the vast majority. There's some specific stuff we'll do for clients, but generally right now we're just sticking to the calendars. Um, but then we're a small agency. So anything that's kind of asked of me, any like small video editing I can do, 
I've done some uh, podcasting for us, have some people similar to like what you're trying to do is just have a conversation with people in the industry or people that have a small business or whatever. Um, so that's something I've done too, but some email marketing along the way, some video production, like I said, uh, business development. So, yeah. So how does um, this type of marketing differentiate from like digital or consumer marketing? Um, sure. How does a company um, choose what kind of marketing they have to do? Uh, great question. I think more often than not, they're like, we need to do more marketing. And everyone's probably around the table and they're like, yep, we do. And they have no idea what that looks like. So they start from what I've observed in my time with Bear is that companies usually will, you know, ask for referrals. They'll check out, you know, websites for sure. They want to see who you've worked with, what you've done, what projects you've done. So that's important because in Green Bay, I mean, even Appleton area obviously doesn't have to be just super local. You could be partnered with an agency out of Milwaukee. We've we've come across people that have been partnered with people out of Minneapolis, out of Los Angeles, and they're just like, this doesn't work. They don't understand what we're trying to do. They don't have the same, especially from L.A. to northeast Wisconsin, doesn't really equate. So um, I think when people you know hear the term marketing, they're not really sure what the hell that means because like oftentimes businesses around this area are run by people that are like my father's age or my grandfather's age, and they don't really understand what goes into things anymore. They think... Marketing, some companies still think marketing is like a like a postcard in the mail. Like they think that's what marketing is or like a billboard or running a radio ad after the Packer game or you know, on the on TV. And like that's that's great, but those are super expensive. And you talked about like the digital advertising, like digital advertising. We have a um, we have someone that works with us. Jake, he runs all the Google campaigns. So he we have the search campaigns where people, if you run a um, metal fabrication shop, that's a lot of clients that we work with. You type in anything related to metal fabrication. Obviously, it's nice to have a client that gives you all the, the terms that someone would be searching for. You put that into a campaign and you're going to be able to pop closer um, on those search terms. And then you can do the paid for search and then also like the digital ads. So if someone's on a competitor's website, they'll get a retargeting ad later on that they'll see that, click that, and it's just those cookies are following them. So that's more in like the digital space. And I think the term like digital marketing is now becoming more, even more of like a huge umbrella because frankly, everything's digital. Like if anything, the last 18 months showed us like people are already using their cell phones and their laptops even more, but now it's like we're even more accustomed to doing like a podcast virtually instead of, you know, meeting in person or, you know, having a Zoom meeting instead of driving 30 minutes to see a client and wasting half a day, you can hop on a Zoom call and crank that out in an hour. Um, and I think just digital overall is kind of expanding. And that's frankly, to me, like what marketing is at this point, there are some of those traditional marketing services that are still applicable if you have a big enough budget or it depends on what you're trying to sell like if it's a event-based situation um, that might make more sense to get on radio or tv but overall i think marketing is just primarily digital at this point what does a successful um, campaign look like a successful campaign has to start with multiple multiple angles like you can't you can't you can't just do like you can't just do like a Facebook content for you know five posts a week and maybe even have some digital ads or excuse me have some social ads with that like that doesn't that's not everything just to get them to the website there needs to be more than that there needs to be a like a one-on-one -on -one 
potential, how you're going to connect some dots. So we have a client that it's, it's wild to me too. When you talk to these companies, they just don't have these things. Like they needed a sell sheet. They didn't even have a, like a sell sheet. So we had a graphic designer and our content writer kind of collaborate with their sales manager and create a sell sheet. So it's like, okay, now that maybe they found you on the internet, you're meeting them in person. You can actually hand them a piece of, you know, an eight by 10 or just a little, you know, a trifold situation, give that to them. They know what, you know, what's going on. That's just, that's more of a, you know, a hand, you know, shaking hand situation. I think also like, like I talked about the, the, the search ads or the Google advertising, like you, you need to parlay that to get people to your website. Like most companies either have a website and they're not getting traffic to that, or they have a really bad website and they're getting traffic to that and people aren't staying long enough. So you need to have enough content on your website for people to, like I said, like answer their own questions. Like if they're looking around and they're trying to figure out, you know, is this business going to be able to fulfill what I need? Is this, you know, maybe it's a single person doing some sort of services. Like, can they fulfill this? You need to have enough content out there on a website to do that. And I think websites, may or may not get overlooked sometimes when it comes to marketing um, because people think you can build a Wix website or a WordPress website and those are great and all but there's I mean I think WordPress is a great tool to use but it's very template based so if you're not creating stuff customized it kind of can look like someone else's um, so I would say a successful one has multiple channels um, and and I knew you're going to ask me this question early on so I think it's like to you, get, you need to take inventory of what you're currently doing if it's one, if it's, you know, it's one marketing channel, make sure you're doing that really, really well and figure out if you can do something else. So if you have like four or five, like whether it's like an email campaign you're doing, um, some social media advertising, you have your Google situation going on and a website, like make sure whatever your goal is, if it's just to drive more traffic, make sure those all align, make sure you're leveraging those items. You know, if it's, you know, if your email campaign is based upon, you know, uh, a monthly blog that someone writes for you. Well, if you're trying to get more sales, maybe have a button that says get a quote, like where you're just kind of using all of those tools to kind of communicate the same way. Because oftentimes, just because I'm on social media a ton doesn't mean Bob down the street is on social media a lot. He might just be a big email user. So make sure you're communicating to him and you can get a wider net. Um, and to be successful, like it's, it's tough. There has to be, you have to know what you're up against we you and i when we first met like we were talking about recruiting and stuff and that's super hard right now like i just started a recruiting campaign um on facebook with a client and we'll see how that goes like it's it can be really really tough like you could have the best offer in the world but it's that's a huge huge uphill battle i would say for him right now if he hires one person off that that's a success so i think it's just where your expectations are set and hopefully you can match those exceed those or even come really damn close so um, speaking of recruiting, and I know it's been hard and stuff, has your team mm -hmm. um, worked with you to make sure, I know you said you have a campaign going on for recruiting, um, has your team been reached out for more campaigns like that for recruiting where you're like working one-on-one -on -one with the HR departments to make sure yeah, you, know, you get the yeah, best candidates had, possible? Yeah, so we've had probably in the last six months, yeah, maybe close to the first of the year, like where people are like, okay. We got through 2020. It was an absolute terrible, terrible year. But now we we still need to hire people. Whether people left because there's this huge, you know, the great resignation is the term I just heard this last week. Or you couldn't pay them anymore. You had to lay them off or furlough them. So now we have this huge gap in demand to 
what we need to you know have people to do these skilled labor jobs especially in northeast wisconsin that's big so yeah we've had a bunch of companies reach out to us companies that are in the um i guess anything like labor related is super super tough but even not that like there's we work with a pediatric dentist around here they've been trying to hire a, a dentist for they just hired him it was probably like over a year um and some of that's just location based like no one that's going to dental school outside of the state really wants to move to Green Bay, Wisconsin. If you're going to school in like Arizona, you don't really want to move to, to Green Bay and deal with the cold if you're not used to that. So yeah, we've had a lot of clients reach out to us and do that. Um, it's tough too, because it like, like I said, the demand's super high. So if you're paying for like search terms on Google, that can be really, really expensive to do that. And you might not see a return on that investment of a couple thousand dollars. Like that's, that's a tough, tough pill to swallow. Um, and some of it also has to come down to like, cause things are happening so fast internally with an HR person, like they need to be communicating with us, right? They need to say, Hey, uh, pause anything related to this job, or I need to add a second position for this one. And so like, if they're not communicating to us, you know, it's, it's, it, it would be great if we just had a pulse on every single client we work with and we knew when they were having an interview and how the process was going. But if they're not doing that, it's really, really challenging to know if we're missing the mark on things and if they're not getting the right candidates. So that can be a little tricky. Um, but I think it just goes back to you know, making sure your message is out there on a wide scale. And you have to, it's like a, you know, you have to, you have to balance it, right? If you're going to invest a couple thousand dollars in recruiting for, let's say like two, three months, well, that might be well worth your investment because you're going to be able to spend or be able to charge or, you know, hire a couple people that are going to bring in way more money than that for your company and for your clients and your businesses. So you definitely need to, it, it, it's an investment a hundred percent, just like hiring someone is in overall, like even if it's just like they're on your website, so you're hiring great, cool. But if you're actually trying to get people to fill a void, you need to invest in that and do that and understand that it, it might not work. Um, and to, I guess referrals are great. That's, that's one great way. If you have people internally that can tell you, Hey, this person can hire. And that's a, that's a lot easier and still kind of like that old school mentality to, to mm -hmm. get that done. The, um, analytics part of, well, I actually, I want to talk about the analytics part of it. Sure. Um, a lot of people think that marketing is just creating this really beautiful content that you can just spread everywhere, but you know, mm -hmm. there's a back end. You have to make sure you target the correct audience. What does that look like? Oh man. So yeah, there's, I think there's a lot of people in marketing that are very creative, have exceptional skills when it comes to graphic design or like the Adobe suite or motion graphics or anything like that. But if it's not gaining results, it's kind of a waste. Like if you're not, if you don't, if you're putting some content out and you're not observing how your social ads are doing or your web traffic is going like it's you have like everyone's gonna lose like the the creator is gonna not know if they if their their graphics great or their their video the your agency as a whole for us is gonna lose because you have nothing to present to a client to say hey this is since we started august 1st this is what happened and then now we stopped it six weeks in and there's your web traffic went significantly down so, and then the, the client's obviously losing because they're paying for that content to be created and then they don't know what's going on. So everything that we do um, from our digital side, from the social media advertising I do, uh, I come up with a report every month for clients and send that to them. Um, 
we have a software that's able to kind of generate a PDF from 12 to 20 pages. I kind of trim that down and then also just give them like a synopsis of a breakdown of like, here's what you want to look at. Here's what went well. Here's what didn't go well. It kind of compares it from month to month, which is good and bad. You at least know like, okay, we did better than last month. We did worse. But then like, it doesn't really show you on a full scale. You have to kind of like extrapolate that content. And then from the Google side and like website side, um, it's, it's pretty obvious to us if and when the client's going to stop their you know, search uh, campaign because it's it's 100% going to go down. Like, there's no doubt whether it goes down by five clicks a month to five clicks a day. Like, it's if you're not if you're not putting some sort of budget into Google, you're you're definitely just going to get lost in out on the internet. And we have again same thing analytics reports every month. That we put out we can even get that data if someone's requesting it like i want to know if my web traffic went up um on, you know during this week because i did a tv and radio campaign i didn't tell you guys about but i want to see if it worked really well so um if you're not if you're not at least for your internal use checking out what's going on and if it's going really really well or bad i think that sucks and then for the client side obviously they're losing because all that time invested they don't really know what's working and you can't even tell them, like, without a doubt, like, hey, you could tell someone that, like, you're getting to their um, careers page, right? Their slash careers page, and you got 10,000 clicks in a month, but no one clicked on, like, the uh, apply now button. I mean, maybe there's, maybe it's just a content thing once they get to that page. Like, hey, maybe we need to, what's the offer? Is, is are we talking about our culture enough on here that people are really going to want to hear about or feel that it's it's different from the other you know tons of companies that are hiring so um we can i mean i think the the toughest thing for us is we can get you very 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 close to like connecting a dot and like making a return on your investment but like you have to take into consideration everything like people are people they're gonna if they get to a website and they don't feel that it's exactly what they want they can go look elsewhere and with the demand right now it's it can be tough to compete with that so um, what um, recommendations do you get for a company when they get um, when they get that analytics report? What should be their focus on, you know, what's important? Yeah, I would think it, depending what you're doing. So if it's just Google, Google search, um, I would look at, you know, a month to month basis, how many clicks we're getting to the website. Also, what search terms are coming up most. Sometimes the search terms you think that people are going to type in aren't exactly what the customer is going to type in i think or the uh the potential you know hire or whoever um so that's interesting i think to take a look at we have like a ranking system i think it's all the search terms will go in and i mean there's generally the same ones that you'd expect but sometimes people are searching things in a different way than you would expect so i think it's great to take inventory of the search terms that people are searching um there's also data that you can look at, at least for us, I don't know if other companies or with their websites or whatever, you can see how long they're on a website. So if someone's, if you're getting 10,000 people to click to your, you know, dot com slash careers, but then they're leaving within like five seconds, like something's wrong, like either maybe the load time on the website sucks, or maybe they're something when they're getting there isn't appealing to them like i think that's that's something to take into consideration too so i would say how they're getting there whether it's just a straight google search they could be coming over from some other supplemental content like i mentioned it could be from an email link it could be from a social media campaign link um it could be from shoot like 
they're just seeing where they're coming from, I think is important, how they got there, what terms they're using on Google, and then how long they're staying there, I think is super important. Um, sometimes those numbers can be a little bit um, underwhelming. Like if you're getting 10,000 people to your site and only a hundred of them like click the apply now, that's, it seems not that great, but in reality, like that's, that can kind of be the average, especially within the recruiting space that we've come to find out. So from 10,000, a hundred, and then from a hundred, you get one applicant. Yeah. I mean, that, that can be the case. Like it, it truly can. Like now I would say the hundred is probably, uh, I guess, uh, they, let's say a hundred of people applied. I would hope there's more than one qualified person that you want to hire, but I mean, that could be worth it. If you're running a campaign for six weeks and you paid, let's just say five grand to do that, like that could be worth your investment depending on what this person can do. Um, now if it's something that really doesn't take more than a college or excuse me, a high school degree, background isn't all that necessary and skills that they've acquired aren't that great. It might not be worth your time, but if you're trying to find someone that's in some skilled labor situation that has maybe five, 10 years of experience with another company, I think that's, I think that's worth your investment. But I would say if, if you go from 10,000 views to a hundred or excuse me, 10,000 clicks to a hundred applicants, I would hope you'd get more than a couple because it, that would mean your, I would, I would think then that means your search terms are off or where you're putting that message isn't really hitting the mark. Mm -hmm. I want to switch gears a little um, sure. and talk about um, culture. How can uh, okay. marketing help with company culture? Yeah, that's a great question. We're, uh, we partnered with a, a client of ours, and we've been really thriving with them, but their first, their first issue they were having, again, this kind of goes towards the, um, I guess the, the age gap or the knowledge gap. They were, um, they were just like, we have bad Google reviews. It's like, okay. And they're like, no, they're like really bad. I'm like, okay. They're like, well, like, what did you guys do? They're like, oh no, it's not from customers or people. It's like literally from former employees that are writing bad Google reviews. So like to overcome that is, is tough, right? You have to get more Google reviews or whatever, but like all in all they, they were having a cultural issue from what they told us. And I think that was, I think that was, that was fair. I think there was a disconnect, um, oftentimes from sales to the labor side of things, there can be a, a competitive nature. There can be something that just doesn't really jive. There's always like this animosity once in a while that like, you're not working hard enough to make me more money, but like you're making a commission off what I'm doing. It's kind of like, can be that, that can be a tough balance to have. Um, but culturally, I think within marketing, it's something that we've noticed. And I think a lot of companies do are like video testimonials or highlighting client or excuse me, highlighting, um, employees having some sort of, whether it's, um, a holiday party for them or a spring get together at some, I don't know, minor league baseball game or basketball game, like a, a company outing. So I think those things are huge. Um, a lot of that, I mean, there's clients, there's a client that we met with a couple months ago towards the middle of the summer that, uh, these guys are working super, it's in an asphalt company and they're working hard, man. They're out in the elements all day, every day. It's hot as hell out, but like they provide them food. Like literally they get to the shop at 6am and there's whatever they want. They, she said that some guys just want, uh, a, a Mountain Dew and beef jerky some guys want like a banana and stuff to take with them so like they've literally just invested like a couple hundred bucks a week just so guys and girls are you know fed before they get on the road and like that has nothing to do with marketing really that i mean you're kind of marketing i guess like 
internally, but really, like, that's just, like, making people feel good, like, people that are appreciated. So I think if you're, and also if you're doing those things, talk about them. Like, feel free to have someone, maybe someone that's a little bit more um, polished, write a blog or get interviewed for a blog and put that out. Have have a video out on there. And I think with social media, it's really easy to do those things. And some people can be intimidated by those. But I think if people are talking about your company from within, that just says a lot. Because uh, on the outside, you know, as an agency, we can we can talk and kind of polish some things and put some fluff on and some spin on some stuff that's may or may not be hitting the mark. But if you can have someone internally talking about those things and, and saying, Hey, this is why you want to work for XYZ company because they do this and then have your, um, have your employees advocate for them, whether it's, you know, upper management or it's the opposite side of the, you know, the building, the sales team or, you know, the reverse. I think that's huge because, that's that's the culture that people want to work in. At least I have. I want to work in where it's everyone's part of the team. There's not a different you know division and everything's separate. I think you want to know that you're appreciated. And if it costs a couple hundred bucks a day to get someone some beef jerky and a soda, like I think that's totally worth your time. Because otherwise they leave and you have to rehire. And that couple hundred dollars, like we mentioned, goes to thousands of dollars in a couple weeks. So I do have to ask, what would be your preferred snack? My preferred snack in the morning. <laughs> I'm usually just a coffee and banana person. I bring my own. So okay. um, lunches once in a while are nice. I, any mm -hmm. any food I don't really turn down. Pizza's kind of overplayed. Like pizza, I feel like when I've worked in companies where it's like we're just going to bring a pizza. It's like yeah, that's, we did that last weekend. Like so, um, <laughs> that's when I was selling cars. So that wasn't all that great. But I think uh, yeah, anything that's like not overly where I'm gonna be fatigued after eating it, right? Like a big sub, like that, that I'm probably going to get lethargic. So anything that can just be somewhat sustainable for the rest of the day. So, um, I, I guess, um, changing subjects here. Mm -hmm. Um, how has your industry changed, um, in the last year, year and a half, two years now coming up with COVID and everything? How has your that's industry a, changed? That's a great question. Like, because I started with bear, in January of 2020, end of January 2020. So I was literally there for six weeks. And then the country just was shutting down. Like I was listening to the news kind of that second week in March and throughout the day and checking Twitter. I'm a huge Twitter fiend. So like, I'm like, oh, shoot, like college basketball tournaments are getting shut down. They're stopping flights from these countries of these countries. Oh, now states, you know, especially like Florida or California or New York or Chicago specifically closer to us was they were getting shut down. And I think it, it exposed a lot of um, deficiencies within communication, whether it was on, if your website really, really sucked, like you, that's what you, that's what people are relying on now. Like you can't go into a sales meeting with someone and, you know, grab lunch with them or coffee and talk to them face to face. Like, you need to be able to either send an email with an attachment, like a sell sheet, like I mentioned, or a, a hyperlink for them to be able to get to a services page or whatever. And like, if you didn't have that, you were kind of lost. Like if you're not on, if you don't have a Google campaign running, like people didn't know how to find you anymore. Cause if you're facilitating those more of like an old school mentality of like handshaking and meeting people and networking, like you were kind of stuck. And I think some of our clients really, really thrived during that time, uh, especially in the manufacturing space. Some clients that were strictly 
like event based, whether it be like shows or sporting events, they took a huge loss. Like both of them, both of the clients specifically, I'm thinking of what were able to still stay afloat, but that's because they either were, are, you know, have a really good foundation of a business. They know how to run a business. They're not, you know, just getting by, um, or some are affiliated, especially the sporting events, like affiliated with a bigger league that was able to sustain them and hold them afloat. So I would say the way it's changed is we took more inventory of clients that maybe didn't have these resources that they needed, whether it was a, you know, maybe we were not operating their website, but now it's like, okay, you, you obviously saw like, that's where the trend is going and it's still kind of stayed that way. Like, I don't think we're going to really go back on certain things that we've got accustomed to. Like there's a lot of people that have probably been getting, you know, groceries dropped off to their house the last 18 months. Like, why would I ever go to the grocery store anymore? Like, there's just so many things like that we're just going to become reliant on. And I think communication virtually like this is super big. Like we were doing for us just internally. And we, we already, for our team, we already had Microsoft teams and we would use the the chat feature on that, but all of a sudden we just started having virtual meetings like every every week. Or if we had something that was super super um, important, especially like when we started working from home, that we needed to talk about that a client was having an issue with, we would just hop on that. And that was, I think, if you don't have an internal communication with your your own staff, um, that was definitely. I mean, that was for sure an issue we saw with some of our clients. And we can help you with a little bit of that, but that's more of like a you thing. But if you're trying to communicate to potential other businesses or you know, potential customers, like if you don't have those things in line with all your digital components, like you were kind of lost. And that kind of comes with people like not being ready to adapt to certain changes. And no, no one could have predicted what happened, right? No one thought we'd be still 18 months out plus and still dealing with some of these things and starting to increase again, it looks like. But I think if, if anything showed us like, be prepared, know that if, if, if all of a sudden you had to work from home for a full year, like, what does that look like? Do you have an internal process to how to communicate other than, you know, your landline cell phones or your emails? Like, I think a lot of that is just like knowing that you can rely on some certain aspects of your business that you've invested money in, right? Cause it's, it costs a lot of money to operate a website to put out content. So make sure that content's polished enough that if someone is on their cell phone, even, you know, an increase, I know I was back in the spring, um, make sure they're finding you on the, the digital side. Um, how do you stay informed of new industry trends? Social media, I would say. A lot mm -hmm. of Twitter. Um, there's a couple accounts I follow that will put out content that I'm like, especially um, recently with like even like iOS update stuff. Back in June, I'm an iPhone user, so back in June, the Facebook Pixel was really not supported um, anymore by iOS, which you talked about analytics, like that definitely saw a drop in um, how you're monitoring web traffic. So like the Facebook Pixel is a piece of code you put on a website. If an iPhone user goes there, it's going to track them, just like the digital ads we talked about. So later on, they're going to see this ad when they're back on Facebook or any other website. So that... I, we knew that was coming down the pipeline probably April, early May, but I think it's, um, I try to, there's, cause there's a lot of information out there of like marketing trends, 
or stuff, but I think you have to be, you have to be, you have to kind of decipher what you're going to listen to and who you're going to listen to. So there's, and I think it's, it's awesome for me and specifically our agency to be in Green Bay, Wisconsin, where like we can see trends coming from bigger companies or bigger cities where it's like, we can see this coming. We don't have to be at the forefront of it. We can kind of like see it off in a distance and kind of prepare for something to happen. Um, which I'm sure isn't the case in bigger cities. Like it's, it's tougher to your, 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 either your, the businesses you work with are moving so fast and they're at the cutting edge that you need to be prepared to make a transition or on the opposite side, it's like, they're maybe not be at the cutting edge of everything, but you can see a trend coming. So I would say Twitter is a big thing. Any social media, um, certain articles, obviously that are out on the internet that I'll read. I think those are good, but um, and then just, I tried to, um, stay in contact. I have some, uh, friends of mine from college that are in marketing as well. Some other connections I've made along the way at networking events that, um, on LinkedIn, they're sharing content or they're putting information out. And a lot of it, to be honest, is trial and error. Like there's some stuff that I was doing like on my own, like years ago, um, with like Facebook pages and stuff like that, where I was promoting myself that way. And all of a sudden I log on to Facebook. I actually just noticed that yesterday. There's a podcast feature now on Facebook. You can connect with an RSS feed. Like will people use that? I, I don't know. It's an option to try it. So like, I feel like sometimes there's just these certain updates that you see, like, shoot, I'll give it a spin. Unfortunately, like there's stuff like Twitter fleets that, was I think a thing for like three months people don't use it anymore. Like it's, so you have to be, you have to be selective with what, what things you're going to invest time in and like learn. Cause you could put a kind of campaign around something or at least a, you know, a strategy for a month and all of a sudden it's not there anymore and you have to adjust on the fly. So I think a lot of it's just trial and error because there's, and the social side of things, those things are changing so quickly that like give it a spin, maybe on your own, maybe with our, our own companies. Um, social pages try those out and if it works okay let's let's see if it works for another client um is there anything else that you would like to talk about that we didn't discuss i think the big thing for me and what i've learned in the last you know since i've been with my agency is that marketing can't just be on its own and sales can't be on its own and human resources can't be on its own it's kind of has to be this like full ball of wax of like they all have to kind of align they have to if you don't have i think there was something someone said like if you don't have like two out of the three you're kind of failing if you have one out of three there's no way it's going to work together three out of three is great but i believe that there needs to be you know if you're working with an agency like ours there needs to be some ter- some sort of internal champion like to call that person that's communicating with us if you're fortunate enough to have your own marketing department of someone that's really, really good at digital content, social media, graphic design, content creation, content editing, you are traditional media even too. Like that's, that's fantastic. That's wonderful. But odds are you're probably going to need someone to do some sort of video content or find someone that can do some sort of audio production because you can try to get away with it internally and do that. And maybe you have some really, really talented people, but I think it's important to understand where your deficiencies are at. And if you need to outsource those, do that. Some people might not know how to build a website or update a website or run a server for a website. So I think just take inventory of where you're at with your marketing team. I think a lot of them are director of marketing and there's like a marketing assistant and like, that's it from what I've observed. So understand where you need to do that. 
make sure those things are aligning with your sales managers or your, your salespeople, what they need, what their asks are being, because what you think as a marketing person might not align with them. And then talk to an HR person if they're having an issue with recruiting or if, you know, shoot, like we don't have any open positions right now. We're great. We're even getting applicants coming in that we can kind of have a roster of people um, to build from potentially. That's awesome. But let's, let's now that we've had this, like we don't have a, a void in employment let's make sure we're marketing to those people internally let's see if they want to do some video um so i would say that just everything needs to align together it's like i said the sales side the marketing side the hr side um if if you're set with your employment and you have job you know if you have applications coming in even to fill some positions that maybe you have just a bad employee you're like hey we could fill it with this person like that would be great but i think once things are, you know, it's, I don't think it's a cruise control thing if on either side of sales are great and your social marketing or your marketing or digital marketing is getting traffic to your website and it's generating sales. Awesome. If HR set with their employees, awesome. But like, I think that's always, you can always take inventory of what you're doing, be prepared for the worst things to come. Um, cause things are changing so quickly that maybe your services aren't up to the cutting edge anymore, invest into those. Um, so I think it's something that you always should be able to, uh, continuously improve at. So how can our audience connect with you? Uh, you can connect with me on Twitter uh, at Matt underscore FRA underscore. That's where I do most of my personal damage and kind of leverage my own our business a little bit. But I would say for our uh, for BPM, you can connect with us on all social platforms. Just bear or at bear PM, B-A-E-R-P-M. Um, you can check out our website bearpm.com. We put out a weekly blog. If you're interested in that, that's some content we produce. It's under the free knowledge tab. You can subscribe through our email list too. So that'll drop into your inbox every Thursday evening. Um, sometimes it's about recent updates like we talked about, whether it be like iOS or different features on social. Sometimes it can be overall campaign discussion, you know, how to do drip marketing, how to, you know, make sure you're uh, taking full advantage of like Google My Business features. So, that's some free information there. But yeah, if you have any questions, you can email me too, Matt at B-A-E-R-P-M.com. Uh, otherwise, I'm on Twitter like all the time. Like even in this short little break we took, I was on there refreshing stuff, seeing what was going on. So yeah, I'd love to connect with anyone that has any questions about um, whatever that means, social media, marketing, the Packers. I'm all, I'm all ears. <laughs> I did want to ask about that. Tell me about your podcast. <laughs> My podcast? So yes. I'm doing two podcasts right now. One I've been a part of for... Would be like 1100 episodes thus far i don't put out an episode every day but our our team collectively puts out an episode every day so we've done that for 1100 plus episodes um my episode now comes out on every saturday it is the i do it with uh two guys by the name of jason and paul it's uh called pack a day podcast is our full affiliated uh podcast you can catch it anywhere you listen to podcasts it's like 20 to 40 minutes a day kind of giving you on the updates uh, low lights, possibly or highlights. Uh, right now, we kind of just focus on when it's on Saturdays, focusing on like injuries, anything that's going into the weekend to know about, last minute things, weather report. That's super important. I've come to find out with the, the two guys I'm now recording with, so that's been fun. I also work with um, a company, like a startup situation called Game on Wisconsin, and we put out mostly Packers content at this point. And I work on a podcast that comes out every Friday called The Final Dump. It's kind of a you know, play on words when it's like the, the news dump of the week, right? Like let's, what has happened from since the final whistle on the, you know, the Sunday night or the Monday night game 
to Friday morning? Like, what do you need to know before you get into the weekend and kind of make yourself a little more educated? Because there's there's all those people, you know, myself included, love to talk Packers, and but I'll be out and about, and I hear people talking about the Packers. I'm like, oh, geez, that's a little cringeworthy. That that person doesn't play there anymore. <laughs> you don't actually know what happened. So I think it's something that people can just educate themselves with and. Uh, it's kind of the synopsis for the week. Anyone that got injured in practice, things to look forward to for the weekend, any matchups that are important. Um, but you can find all that content at Game On Wisconsin or Game On WI across all social platforms. I think if you just type in Game On Wisconsin, it comes into Spotify, Apple Music, Google Podcasts. So you can check that out there. And the same with Packany Podcasts. We're on all platforms as well. And finally, what advice can you give someone that wants to start their own podcast? Um, I actually have a blog I wrote. It's called okay. How to Start a Podcast for Free, basically. So there's mm -hmm. a blog you can, if you have any questions, I can email that to you. I think it's, I've definitely tweeted out a few times. I think it's actually in my LinkedIn, like, article somewhere in there. If you scroll across, I have it saved in there. So mm -hmm. I think, uh, yeah, it's it's it can be overwhelming. I think the best thing to do, like, don't think you need to invest in a ton of equipment if you have a stagnant spot like you do it looks like you have a setup like that's great but if you're kind of on the move and you need to take it to the office and stuff like i just have a a blue uh, a blue snowball microphone 60 bucks that was the most thing i had to invest obviously a laptop to edit and record off of but right um <clears throat> software is really really cheap i think hosting a web or hosting a podcast is basically free or inexpensive um but come up with no, you know, have a game plan. If you have a few episodes, you can bank and kind of have in your back pocket. Mm -hmm. uh, stay consistent. Have a story that you want to tell, and then just like you have to be passionate about it. Like it, the Packers, I'm super passionate about, and that makes it really, really simple. So mm -hmm. um, overall, I would say just yeah, be passionate about what you're doing and continue to stay consistent with it because it's really, really easy to start. Like for the first month a podcast, a podcast, a podcast, and all of a sudden life gets in the way and all of a sudden two, three months later, you're like, I haven't put out a podcast in two, three months. So stay right. consistent um, and just, yeah, uh, observe what other people are doing on podcasts too because that's how you learn. Well, Matt, we appreciate your time and um, giving us your knowledge of everything marketing and podcasting. <laughs> we um, really appreciate you being here with us. Yeah. No, this is awesome. Thank you for having me on. It was a great time, and uh, I hope there's a tidbit of information along the way that someone will take. Yep, definitely. Thanks for listening. To learn more, visit fcpservices.com. Until next time, remember, people drive growth.